Listen as God calls us to, into continued worship. A word that we could all say and need to say. On the road as Jesus was traveling, he heard these words, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. And he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked the man, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. Let me see again. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed Jesus, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, praised God. May our eyes be opened. May we realize that God has saved us. May we give God the glory and the praise as we stand to sing those praises today. Let those who are able to stand, but come, let us worship together the living God who gives us our sight. Friends, hear what God has done for us, for every one of us, reaching in surgically to the heart of our lives, the writer to Hebrews says, indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. But here's the good news. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let's not try to hide our need for God's grace. Rather, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, approach boldly the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. My friends, this is that time of need. May we boldly come and say, Jesus, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. And may we hear him say, you are mine. You're forgiven. Believe the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ. We have been made whole. Amen. Today, I invite you to join me in John's Gospel once again, and we're going to focus today on just chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. I hope that you'll exercise the 20-20 clause, read 20 verses before and 20 verses after later on today, but this morning, we're going to read just chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Listen to God's Word. After this, after Jesus had a healed a Roman official's son. There was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool in Hebrew called Bethzatha. Sometimes we say Bethesda, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, one man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, 
Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered Jesus, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well. And he took up his mat and he began to walk. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God take this word and enable us to be healed and to walk because we've heard it. Let's pray. Father, let your good news come now. Let it come and find us not only in word but in power, in your Holy Spirit and with the full assurance that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be truly acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock. You are our Redeemer. All these things we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Think about this. You have been disabled. You've been disabled for 38 years. A lifetime. And someone has the audacity to walk up to you, look you straight in the eye, and ask you, do you want to get well? What kind of question is that? Who asks that kind of question of someone who has been disabled, virtually dead, for 38 years? I'll tell you what. It is the greatest question of all time. It is the greatest question in all of God's word. It is the greatest question the world will ever hear because of the one who is asking that question. Because of the one who is asking. You see, we are all this man. Every single one of us is this man. Every single day we are this person. We have all experienced paralyzing times in life. Some of them have been very physical. Some of them have been deeply emotional. Some have been both. What is significant is that out of the crowd, and in that day we were told there were blind, invalid, paralyzed people. What is significant is that Jesus Christ looks into that situation that each one of us is facing every single day, every single moment, and singles us out. And he does so because he knows what we need, and he knows we have been looking in the wrong place. We've been going to the wrong clinic, if you will. You will notice something about this passage. If you look carefully, verse 4 is missing. If you look in your Bibles, it goes from verse 3 to verse 5. It's not there. You know why? Because the reality is verse 4 was never there. Verse 4 said at some point, the belief was that when the waters were troubled, the first person who got into the water got healed. That's not in the Bible now. You know why? 
because it was never there originally. Early on, it got inserted, but it was a pagan myth. And that's why it got taken out. It's not God's word. There was never a promise that these troubled waters would somehow mysteriously heal the first person who got in because that's not how God's grace works. There's no exclusion. Everybody gets healed by God's grace. Those waters were troubled, we know systematically now, scientifically, because the spring would bubble up. There would be a surge in the water from time to time. That was the only reason there was a troubling of the waters. There was never a belief that God arbitrarily moved these waters for one person to be healed. So what Jesus asked of this one man, he asks of us all, do all of you who are lying by this pool, regardless of what's going on in your life, and no matter how long you have been here, do you want to be healed? Because God is saying, I am willing and able to heal you all, and to heal all that is wrong, all that is missing, all that is a disorder within you. We live in a world, my friends, that needs to hear this question from Jesus because collectively our world has been looking in the wrong place since the dawn of time. We've been looking in the wrong place for that which will make us whole. <laughs> let me tell you, let me be real candid. Why do you think there was so much noise for the last several months about all kinds of political stuff? Huh? Anybody get a phone call? Yeah. People were arguing about what was going to make us well. Hey, has anybody noticed how much better off we are this week? Doesn't matter who won. We have been lured into thinking that somehow our collective need for healing is going to come through a human system, and that is a bold lie. It's never going to happen that way. doesn't mean that we, we don't need civil order. It just means that our, our deepest healing is going to come from a source that's completely beyond us as human beings. You see, something we need to stop to consider is that what I have just read for you, these nine verses are not just a parable. They're not a fairy tale. They're not somebody's made-up story about how things might be better. It isn't just about a feeling better kind of psychological healing, though that is essential too. But the rea- what we need to stop and realize is that this really happened. There really was a Jesus of Nazareth. There really was this man, and he really did encounter this paralyzed man, and he really did ask him, do you want to be well? We've got to stop and realize that that is as a historical reality. And by this, I mean God really stepped into our human situation, just as he does today in the power of his Holy Spirit, and he came to stir things up. He came to stir up the waters of our lives and call us into the reality of the healing that he brings. That's what's for us to consider. We know we need healing. Every one of us knows we need healing on a personal level, each of us and all of us. The church needs healing. Boy, do we know that. Culture needs healing, and as I've said, humans can't do it. 
but we can resist what Jesus can and wants to do in us by looking for some other human source of hope. That day in Jerusalem, Jesus called that man to be healed, to receive healing. He told him to get up. Not because the man was going to pull himself up by his own bootstraps or psych himself into, oh, I guess I'm okay. It wasn't mind over matter. He told him to get up because that's what Jesus could do. You don't need to be here anymore. I'm here now. And like that man, we can say why we can't. We can say, well, but, but I, I, I can't. See, I've been here 38 years, and other people get a better chance than I do, and we could do that, don't we? We, we could look resentfully at Jesus. But that day like today, Jesus came with compassion. He said, I know. I know it sounds like a dumb question. I know it sounds like a mean question. Do you want to get well? He said, I, I know it seems like no one cares. I know you've been here 38 years, and it seems like everybody else gets a better deal. But today, I want you to be able to do more than walk. I want you to be brought back to life. I want to change how you see yourself because I can change how you see yourself. And when you see that, you will be well. And Jesus did. And the man did. Because Jesus cared that much. I want you to think about something with me for just a moment, and I know we don't have a lot of time today, but I want you to see, hear something that I think we could very easily overlook, and it just came on my phone this morning. You can subscribe to this. It's free. We need to realize that those 38 years were God's plan. What? You mean, yeah, that God intended for those 38 years to be there. You see, God uses infinite numbers of vehicles, Chuck Swindoll writes, infinite numbers of ways to grow us. He says, I do not know of any means that leads to instant spiritual growth. That man needed to be there for 38 years. He says, I've never met anyone who became instantly mature. It's a painstaking process that God takes us through. And it includes such things as waiting, failing, losing, and being misunderstood. Each one calling for extra doses of perseverance in our own spiritual growth. Where are the marks on the wall of life? Where do we stand in light of last year or about the last decade? My friends, we need to be where we are and that God will use exactly what's going on in our lives to take us where he alone knows we need to be. Now, I've been to this pool, both literally and spiritually. I've heard Dr. Rex read this scripture right there at this pool. As we gathered around this place, and Rex and others you may remember, we were all anointed that day to be reminded that Jesus is the great healer. He really does heal. 
He still does reach in to our physical bodies and brings healing. And I don't want to dismiss that. I don't want to spiritualize this because the reality is, in some cases, God will bring physical healing, but the far greater reality is that God will heal us such that no matter what he does with our bodies, our spirits will be whole. And when our spirits are whole, nothing, nothing can hold us back. Perhaps even more powerfully, I've seen people healed because they heard Jesus say, take your bed and walk. Take what's going on in your life right now and move on. Some of these were physical healings. I've seen people physically healed. But I think the ones that have stayed with me the most are the ones in which people were healed of things no physician or even counselor could quite touch, though both play a part in how God works. The kind of healing I'm describing is something we all need and can experience and need to experience today and tomorrow and forever. It is the healing that Jesus brings is the healing of memories and the healing of that which we cannot undo. It is the healing that makes us new people who have hope and life and live differently in such a way that reflects God's plan for us to belong to him, such that we go, yeah, that happened once, but it is no more. This kind of healing is that which empowers us to trust God such that we are able to leave the past behind. Anybody here having a little bit of trouble with that one? Leaving the past behind? The healing Jesus brings takes away fear, doubt, anxiety, excuses, addictions, anger, pettiness, and all the things that keep us from being whole, the whole people Jesus came to make us. And guess what? They'll sneak back in. They will sneak back in, and Jesus says, be gone. And they will be gone. You see, when Jesus asks, do you want to be well, he looks deep inside us, deeper than we can, deeper perhaps than we want to look, deeper than we want him to look. And he says with surgical precision, here it is. This is what's been poisoning you. This is the source of your crippling. And then he takes it. And he throws it as far away as the east is from the west. And he tells us this. You are well. You're well. What you once were, you are no longer. What you once did is no longer a part of your story. What once kept you captive no longer exists. And then he calls us to come and live a new life walking with him and learning from him and returning no longer to the old life because the waters have been stirred and he has dipped us powerfully, really, into the baptism of belonging to his love that sustains and makes us new. Jesus' question. Do you want to get well? It's the heart of the gospel because in it, Jesus speaks 
to our very personal and corporate disability, and he says, you can. You can. I will make you well. Will you let me? And therein is our invitation to hope. Will we let Jesus, not the world, not our visa card, not some magic solution, but will we let Jesus be the one who makes us whole and new? Peter and James and John and Paul and Barnabas and you and I are in the same boat. Only as we realize that as we surrender to the fact that we need to be healed, will we be open to that which needs to take place in us. Now this, this man like us could have said, well, of course I want my body to work, you idiot. But the reality is that he needed much more than for his body to work. And so do we. We could say, well, yes, I want my current situation to be changed. Whatever it is, I, 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 whatever I'm hurting or worrying or angry about or sad about. But have you noticed any time any of those kinds of situations gets changed, we go to find something else to trouble and cripple us? Like people whose credit cards get paid off. We just go and find more debt. But Jesus is saying something in the, to this man and asking him, do you want to be made well? Something scary good, scary good. He is saying, do you want me to cut up your credit cards so you never go back to that crippling life? Do you want me to eliminate that which you thought owned you? Do you want me to show you how to live such that what has trapped you no more has any power over you? This is the healing. My friends, this is the healing to which Jesus invites us, and it is as real as the elements on this table. What does it mean to be healed for each of us? It means realizing who it is that is asking us every single day and night it means realizing what needs to be changed in our lives is what he is offering to change. It means living beyond what we think would make us comfortable into that which will make us well. It means letting Jesus diagnose us and accept that what we have been waiting for on our terms is never going to come, never going to make us complete and accepting Instead, that walking with Jesus, picking up our bed, whatever it is, and moving on with him is the only life there is. And it means finding, as we do, the joy and the meaning and the healing that we have longed for as we are finding Jesus find us and letting him take us where we need to be today today as we come to this table, as we come to this pool of water, if you will, I want us to think about what it means to be healed, what needs to be healed in each of our lives. And I want us to simply bring it and leave it here. Bring it here and leave it at this table in exchange for the love 
and the healing that Jesus wants to give you and me and this world. And may we do this so that the whole world sees what real healing is. May we believe it because Jesus has made it possible. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, take our hearts. We're, we're frightened. We're frail. We're feeble. And do in us what only you can do. Give us the ability to stand up and go where you want us to go and to be who you want us to be for your glory. In your precious name we pray. Lord Jesus, you've met us at this table, this, this pool of healing. And we praise you for the reminder that in your sovereign grace, no matter how long you call us to stay in a particular situation, it will always be for your glory and for our restoration and redeeming. For we praise you that eternity awaits us and the fullness of your healing will be known there. That in the meantime, because we've been at this table, we get to proclaim with our walking, our living, that you are the Lord of all healing. And may people see that in us because we've been here with you today and tomorrow and forever. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Stand and receive God's benediction. Now, remember. Remember wherever that pool may be, no matter however long it may seem we are there, we go nowhere by accident. Where we go, God is sending us. Where we are, our Lord has put us there and has us there for his purpose. Because Jesus Christ indwells us, he has something he wants to do through us where we are, even in a time that feels like the last place we want to be. May we go forward from this place rejoicing that because Jesus Christ's hand is upon us, we go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the communion and the fellowship and the equipping power of God's Holy Spirit every single step of the way. Amen.